Thank you very much for staying with us. We are coming to you live from Cape Town. This is the inaugural Africa's Transformational Leadership Summit, and it is brought to you by Africa for Africa Women. And uh, this organization has decided to put together a group of women, and uh, they are discussing women and leadership for sustainable growth. And uh, that's the theme that we are going with this afternoon. We'll keep touching base with the organizers. We'll keep touching base with women that are in the room, lots of powerful women in the room and uh, hitting at very very difficult conversations and as I said I do implore you to also be a part of this conversation as we go along what we are going to do though is to continue with a series that we started last week and uh, this series was a series where for instance we had started uh, discussing um, growth with children grow growth is an organization that we are in partner partnership with and dr gopana matla mabaso is our guest and uh, we'll pick up on a conversation that we had started last week thank you very much for joining us dr matla hi Hi, thanks. It's great to be back. Thanks very much. Let's go back to, you touched on a few things last week, and one of the things that we had touched on, and we want to elaborate on this, is the importance Mm. of the first 1,000 days. Tell us from a cognitive development point of view why the 1,000 days is so important. Yeah, so this period is from conception, so as soon as you're pregnant, to age two. And, you know, more and more research is showing just how important this period is. You know, we've known that a lot of the brain develops um, in this period, but, you know, now science is telling us that up to 80% of brain development happens in this critical period. And this is when babies, the brain kind of focuses on, you know, based on the resources that it gets. So when the child is, you know, exposed to a, an environment in neutral where there's not enough nutrition, the baby only, the brain development only fo- focuses on the basics. Whereas a child who's not in a, in a stressful environment, who's receiving all the right nutritious food, that brain is developing while it's making healthy connections. When the baby's born, if they're in a household where there's not toxic stress, where there's space and peace and calmness to explore, to be curious, that part of the brain that, that sets the child up for learning, for reading, for numeracy is prioritized. And it's not just a brain that's focused on survival. So it's such a critical time because it lays down the foundation for the future for the child. You know, I'm listening to you and, and I hear you focusing the attention on the brain development, the brain mm. development being very mm. different to what we physically see, meaning that oftentimes we're a child the child may not be developing as, as, as should be, and you may, be, you may not be aware of it because maybe they look like they're fine, but Absolutely. actually there's a lot that's not happening. Absolutely. And I mean, that's why this, you know, we're saying that stunting particularly is a silent epidemic because often we look for the cute chubby baby, right? And, mm. you know, you can be cute and chubby, but if, you've, if you have been not receiving the correct nutritious food um, in pregnancy and in the first two years, you might be short for your age. You might have, if you're exposed to a lot of alcohol in pregnancy, you might have even very mild fetal alcohol syndrome that affects your brain development. So some of these things are not visible, but there are some some indi- some sort of steps that you can take to protect you, the, your own health, and the health of your child from this. The one is just booking early. So, you know, as soon as you find out you're pregnant, visiting your health facility or your, your health practitioner, you know, whichever where you access the health system. But the sooner you know you're pregnant, the sooner you can start on micronutrient supplements, which are super important for brain development. So your iron, your folate, your calcium, the sooner you've booked um, early, the sooner you can be screened for HIV, which is also important because we know that if you're on ARVs, 
the chances of your child being infected are is very, very low. Mm-hmm. And you can also just start adjusting your diet. Maybe you were drinking a glass of wine with your dinner. You can cut back on that if you're a smoker. You know, this, this, you know knowing is, is power. Having knowledge is power. So the sooner you're aware you're pregnant, the better chance you can give this, this child who you want the absolute best for. And often we only realize we're pregnant while into the pregnancy when a lot of the harmful um, effects have already begun to happen. You know, you speak of a very important element all of all of this because while we are speaking about the baby's development, there is also the mother to consider who is the person obviously also a conduit of this nutrition and focusing mm. on her in a society where we know a lot of women are going hungry, they are not eating nutritious food. They may be consuming food, but not necessarily nutritious foods. Where should they be looking to for this assistance of nutrition? Yeah. So, I mean, we, you know, so it's, it's such an important question, right? So there's, I can answer it in a number of ways. I mean, mm. one is that often we think nutritious food is very fancy food. And we, mm. some of our traditional foods, mopani worms, the things that we grow, I'm um, actually in Polokwane right now, there's avocados, there's mangoes. A lot of the food that we have indigenously is, is full of nutrients. Mm. We spoke about eggs last week. Eggs are a relatively affordable food. Often pregnant women stop eating eggs. Because there's lots of myth about, oh, if you give pregnant women an egg, it's going to stop the baby passing. And if you give children eggs, they're going to develop breasts earlier. They're going to menstruate early. There's all sorts of myths. None of them are true. Eggs are full of nutrition. And if you just add eggs to your diet, often you actually feel quite nauseous. You don't really feel like eating a lot. But an egg is quite a plain thing that you can add to your diet. And that's not super expensive, right? But then there's... I mean, there's the real abject poverty that a good number of South Africans suffer from, that it's not just good enough to say, oh, buy this and buy that. Actually, mm-hmm. it's not doable in their circumstance. And that's why a big piece of our work is advocating for the extension of the child support grant into pregnancy. You know, we, we've got this incredible social security system in the form of the grant, but mm-hmm. the uptake in the first year of life when it's needed the most is actually relatively low because of all sorts of barriers. And in pregnancy, where there's a huge need, we don't have any form of social support. So if you are a woman, 25% of the women in the country who are really living in dire circumstances, there's no safety net for you. And so that's a big policy shift that we think that will make a huge difference. But in the interim, you know, we are sisters. We, um, we know we're mothers, we're sisters, we are aunts. We know people in our communities who are pregnant. And often we don't realize that they actually need good nutritious food. So for us to be aware and support the women around us, but also if you are a pregnant woman, sometimes the solutions are not super... Um, sophisticated and just starting with what you have in the home and trying to eat lots of different colors um, on your plate um, can make a big difference. Oh, Kopano, you, you just spoke about um, support in terms of the, the government support, grant support that could be extended to the pregnancy period. Mm. I mean, how is that landing? I know that you're advocating for that, but are you getting receptive ears? You know, our, our national development plan does have this kind of aspiration in place. I mean, the, the NDP does aspire to improve maternity benefits. So it's not something that's kind of a, um, you know, a pipe dream. Well, but, but we are saying it's time to move aspiration to action. And in fact, there's, I, I think it's over 30. I mean, I speak under correction, but there's a huge number of developing countries that have done something quite similar. And if you consider that pregnancy is quite a discrete short period you know the grant is 18 years pregnancy is nine months but the the returns on investment are huge there's a Nobel laureate Hickman who's done a curve that shows that you know if you have a dollar to spend and you say spend it in the first thousand days and when a child is under five the returns that you get on the life course are huge 
So we are missing this critical window of opportunity. I mean, uptake um, with the grant is, you know, it picks up from about 82 onwards. We're missing this period when, you know, the costs for the nutrition for the mother and for a very young child are high. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, I mean, I think there's, there's a number of um, stakeholders who um, have supported this. I think we still have a long way to go in terms of pushing it as an advocacy move. We have a petition on our website that we hope when we get enough signatures will take us to the Minister of Social Development. So, um, you know, SAFM listeners, please visit our website, um, gogreat.co.bd, and support this petition. Do we know, so earlier on, I think it must have been last year, there was that um, inclusion of other food groups, for instance, in that subsidy that government was going to subsidize to to obviously advocate for better nutrition. Do we now know its impact on, on, on how secure women are or how nutrition has, has, do we have those stats? I know it's early days. I may be asking a question where we don't have those stats, but do we have a sense of how those subsidies are assisting in developing nutrition in, in mm-hmm. underprivileged uh, yeah. mothers? And oh, you mean the sort of zero rating of particular The zero rating, groups? yes. Yes, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, the design of the child support grant, the existing one, is designed as a nutrition grant. You know, it's supposed to take care of the basic nutrition needs of the child, but we know that the, the food poverty level, so this is not even forget the fact that the child has to wear clothes, the child needs, might need sanitary pads when she's a teenager, forget all of that. If we just think food, and we know people can't survive on food alone, but for a minute, think about food. The child support grant at its current level doesn't even meet the food poverty line. So even if you are to zero rate certain food groups, they still need to be bought. They're slightly cheaper than if they've got VAT added to them, but you still need to buy them. And I think that's the challenge is that, you know, a number of, of um, groups are also calling for the child support grant to at the very least meet the food poverty line, which is a, a sort of a RAND value that's set by stats, they say, based on what is an affordable basket of food for families. So that's one big thing that, you know, but what we do know is stunting is not coming down for two decades. So people are surviving because you will find something to eat in South Africa. People are surviving, but they're not thriving. And we've seen the stunting sitting at about 25 to 30% for the last two decades. So clearly it can't be business as usual, and we need to be doing more. We're picking this up. So when do we get to see its real impact on children? In terms, in terms of age, of? in terms of age, when are we seeing the actual effects of stunting on children? Because as I said, generally mothers may not necessarily take this child in yes. because the child doesn't look like there's a problem. Yes, when are we starting to sure. see that people get, um, you know, to get the effects of the fact that this child is, is it at yeah. primary school level? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I mean, there's been a number of cohort studies that follow children in Guatemala, in, um, in Jamaica, I think is one example. And we've even got... Um, a group at Wits University that looked at children over a period of time. Mm. And, I mean, you already start to see at ECD level, so at the nursery school level, yeah. that children who are stunted mm. tend to do slightly worse. So we've got um, a partner organization that works in the literacy space, and they did a big study on reading speed. Mm. And on average, I mean, it's hard to say, it's important to say that this is not, you can't say, you can't condemn a child. You can't say you are stunted, therefore... Mm-hmm. you will fail at school. But mm-hmm. when you look at the population level, if you were to aggregate the stunted children versus the non-stunted children, reading speeds are lower. They're more likely to drop out of school. They're more likely to be unemployed. They're more likely to live in poverty in adulthood. And that's across countries. Even controlling for, you know, quality of education and, you know, parental influences, this is kind of across countries, across groups, stunting really literally undermines a child's ability to thrive, which is super unjust because it's preventable. So even before a child has an opportunity to participate in this race 
or this journey called life, they are starting on a back foot. Um, and, that's, and that's why it's so important that we get on top of this, because it's incredibly unjust. Okay. You've spoken about what government can do. Um, what can we do? A lot, a lot. So, I mean, you know, if it depends which space, which sector you are, you might, you might do different things in different hats. So you might be a mother yourself. Um, we run flourish mom and baby groups across the countries for moms from all sorts of backgrounds, um, highly educated, no education at all, very wealthy, not wealthy at all. So Flourish is really a brand for motherhood, for sisterhood. And that's really a great way because for all of us, we don't have all the information and the science changes and we actually need community support. So that's one thing. If you're a partner, support your partner. We've got great resources on our website. As I said, growgreat.co.za. If you're a dad and you're like, what's my role, right? Like, okay, I'm not carrying this baby, but what, what can I do? There's tons you can do. There's tons to support your partner through a very difficult period. If you're an employer um, and you've got women in your workplace, Create safe space to talk about the challenges of having to drop children in ECD centers really early in the morning. Of, you know, we spoke last week about our fellow colleagues coming to work without lunch and you know, how we don't talk about the food and nutrition security that happens in urban spaces, that happens in workplaces. So if you're an employer, create safe spaces for those discussions, but also enable women who've just had birth, um, which is aligned to the labor law, to breastfeed or express in the workplace. If you're a, um, I mean, we work with community healthcare workers, we resource, we support them. If you don't know what role you can play, mm-hmm. first step is visit, visit our website and sign our petition. We've got videos, we've got messages for different actors in different spaces. This is going to take the whole country. It's not something that women can do alone. And so there's a role for everybody. You know, it's always often easy to assume that some of the problems are only for those people who are underprivileged. But mm. when you think about the nutrition of, of women, sometimes misguided, um, mm. that you will find even in affluent spaces where women mm. are, are starving themselves for various slimming reasons or whatever mm. the case may be. Mm. And they don't, you know, the assumption that there wouldn't be that ripple effect where from the woman's obsession to look thin it will result in a stunted child. So to what extent do we even address that community? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, you raise such a critical point because um, the South African Demographic Health Survey shows that even in the highest wealth quintiles, stunting Mm. is about 11%. So this is not just, I mean, obviously, with all of these things, the most, the poorest communities are the most vulnerable. But I think there's been um, an erosion of, um, you know, I suppose, Good nutritious practice. I mean, obviously, the you know the, the sort of marketers of, of all sorts of brands, whether they be fizzy drinks or fast foods, are quite aggressive, and it can be quite confusing if you're kind of a young person growing up in Johannesburg and your family's not with you. What actually is healthy? I mean, even mm-hmm. there's all sorts of fads and diets that constantly go around, you know. So it is it is super confusing. Um, the new Road to Health book that every single mother in South Africa gets when they book at a local health facility has incredible resources. They've now got an app. You know, it kind of gives you a step-by-step guide in terms of what kind of food you introduce at which stage, when do you switch from giving baby the breast first to giving solid food first, what kind of food do you need for yourself um, when you are carrying this child. Um, and so these are, I mean, we've got those resources on our website, so if you're not sure, visit our website. But also the health system does have these um, resources available. I think, you know, nutrition hasn't really been a sexy topic for the longest of times, and so it has taken a little bit of a backseat in terms of public health messaging. So as a result, there's an erosion of what is healthy. Um, so- but yeah, as you say, this is not just a problem for the most vulnerable. This is a, this is a problem for all of us.
I know that we've been seeing, I mean, very gradually, um, a focus on, on, let's now call it exactly what it is, lying. Of, you said that, you know, the, the, some of these brands are very aggressive and so on. Mm-hmm. But lying uh, or deceptive marketing on labeling, for instance. So mm-hmm. what would then be called chicken may be full of everything else but chicken and 10% uh-huh. chicken. And when this person buys this product who was assuming that I'm actually eating the right thing, may be consuming 80% of something else and mm. only the 20% of chicken mm. and that in itself being so deceitful that you don't know mm. that you're not eating the right kind of nutrients. No, for sure. I mean, my rule of thumb is if something existed before my baby was born, it's probably not good of them because if you just look at how long these things sit on a shelf for and the expiry dates go all the way to 2025, you have to ask yourself, like, what do they put in this to make it last on the shelf for so long, right? And a lot of baby products are like that. You know, they sit in bottles, they've, they arrived maybe two years ago, they, you can keep them in your cupboard for another year. So, no, I mean, absolutely, I think we do need to be careful about what we put in our bodies. And interestingly, there's this huge body of literature linking mental health to gut health. You know, when you're nervous, you feel a little bit of a... Sometimes you can get a runny tummy, right? Mm-hmm. So we know that from an anxiety point of view, anxiety affects our gut. But the truth is, is the opposite is true, that what you put in your body also affects your mental health. That certain food that you eat can make you feel anxious. Some people, you know, coffee can make you feel a bit irritable, anxious. So I think we're, 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 we're shifting from just relying on big marketing companies telling us what's cool, what's good for us, and actually realizing, you know, this body is mine, and, and if I put good things in it, I'm going to get the same out. And whether you're a baby or whether you're, you know, 70 years old, the same is true. Thanks very much, Dr. Kopanoma Tlomabaso, who is Executive Director at Grow Great. We'll continue with the series, and next week we'll take it to the next level on how we're going to get stunting eradicated in this country. Let's talk more on the summit as we get back after the 2 o'clock news, but let's go now to Kanyisile Manyosi for the latest at 2 o'clock.